0: your average operate Not your average operator. your average operator. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Operator with me, Paul Miller McFadden, sitting here in the. Well, it's quite chilly actually this time of year in the Middle East, but still nice. Like 80F, 23C, that kind of temperature. If you like that kind of thing. And I'm sitting here with my two boys. They're not on screen at the same location anymore. Because Mike escaped in, uh, from Spokane and he's ducked back to the East Coast. How are you going there, Mike? Hey, Mel, what's going on? Yeah, it's, it feels weird. It
1: does feel weird. You know, a week ago, I'm sitting there in Spokane with this guy. and <laughs> Soren's running around and and messing with us. You know, so we're doing the thing. We're just sitting next to each other doing that thing with Casey. And, uh... But no, it feels good to be back. It's definitely different. It is colder and uh, it's almost Christmas time. So uh, I kind of welcome the cold this time of year. Hopefully, supposed to get some snow here soon. And uh, yeah, who doesn't like white Christmas?
0: Merry Christmas to all those people out there in podcast land and happy holidays if that's not your thing. We don't really say that in Australia. We just sort of say Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, how are you going there, Raf, T.O. up in the mountain? Just in case anyone hears sounds of little feet and a, uh, and a little uh, gibberish, half Spanish, half English, that that will be signed because he might be coming and going in the background. A <laughs> little bit of authenticity <laughs> from Spokane. How's things been, man?
2: Uh, they, uh, they've been good. Um, as Mike has alluded, man, it's been crazy at the Espinosa household. We've had um, a significant amount of visitors all events. Uh, we're not really good at coordinating people to, you know, come at different times. We just tell everybody yes, and everybody shows up on the same day. So I had a uh, real raft fashion, man. Uh, I had people on air mattresses, I had people on couches, I had people on proper beds, you know, proper beds. Um, and I think yesterday was our first day where we had no visitors. Um, So it's been kind of nice in that regard. But of course, you know, we've had some really, really close people here. Mike was one of them. And it's always good to share, you know, break bread and share space, and just show them around, man. Because I know this place is stunning, but it's it's better when I see it off my my friends' faces, because it just kind of it uh, solidifies what, what I already know. Oh, talking about quick feet, you can hear some in the background.
0: Here he comes. What was the best thing you thought about visiting uh, Spokane, Mike?
2: Uh,
1: honestly, being real for a second is. Uh... It was great just being, just seeing rap again. So I, I haven't seen him since, I think, February when we went on the hunting fiction trip. And uh, th- there's always something that's great about going to visit one of your brothers and getting just to spend some time and especially see where he lives now compared to, you know, where, where I live. It's just literally night and day uh, with the mountains and, and the scenery and everything else. And uh, waking up the first day and just sitting there. In his kitchen looking out the windows and there's mountaintops and clouds and we're above them and we're just sitting there having coffee and uh, we went hiking and just had like we do here man it's just really great conversations about life and kind of where we were eight years ago when we met and then i was just like dude well look where we're at right now we both just kind of laughed and we just acknowledged that life is crazy and you never know what's going to happen and you know, and then we got back and we started power bombing the bean and, you know, pinning them and all that stuff. And it was just great, man. It was just, you know, it it, it, feel, it felt like home to me if I'm being completely honest.
0: That's unusual. I wasn't expecting actual niceness out of your mic. You know, it's always such heavy banter. Well, it's such heavy banter between the three of us all the time. I was expecting you to get in a, a quick uppercut in a raft when you could then. Well, he did smell. I mean, so there's that, but, you know. There, you happy? Yeah.
2: Well, I don't I I didn't want to bring out the big guns, but I as soon as Mike left, I opened up all the windows and all the doors and just kind of let out that (laughs) Musk isn't even the word for what he left behind. I don't know what it was. My dogs were barking again, huh? Well, that's one way to put it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. There's that story of him running around the house, sans clothing rut, leaving stuff on the floor. Sorn, not me. I'm not <laughs> sure I didn't do blame that. blame the blame the child. whatever all right so uh, today's question as you may have seen in the show notes is a fairly complex one and it's it's from uh Jerry Colonna who's a uh, a former major uh fund manager like a 23 billion with a b type uh mm-hmm. scale of dude and now he's a mentor mm-hmm. and coach and the question is how am I complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want. And it's a very specific question that he gets people to work through. So how am I complicit as opposed to how am I responsible with responsible implying that it's 100% on you whereas complicit is you're sort of going along with it. So you are going along, it's not always 100% you are creating something but you are complicit in creating conditions and and the conditions are uh, you know, the, the space where things arise and I'm not necessarily the outcome again, and that you say you don't want, and they're not necessarily the things you don't want either. So it's a fairly complex question. How am I complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want? Jerry Colonna. So some things that you can think about here for yourselves in in answering these uh, questions, because it's always good to think about these things yourself out there in podcast land. Um, It can be areas where you've failed to set boundaries. There can be things that you've said yes to, but then you regret. There are areas you might not have stood up for yourself. There might be things that you've agreed to or signed up to without thinking about the consequences. You might have agreed to have everyone you know come to your house at the same time, like Raph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It could just be you made a wrong call. It could be choosing not to deal with things and that choosing not to deal with things is still a choice. So how am I complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want? All right, Raf. we will throw it over to you first, man.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think complex is an understatement. I think the simplest way that I could kind of dissect that and answer it real honestly is it doesn't really matter what the condition is that I don't want to implement or I don't want to uh, enact. But without fail, whatever that condition is, Um, the main ingredient or the main uh, thing, whatever you want to call it, that thrusts me into that direction. Um, It's, it's this physiology that I allow myself to undertake. And the thing is, the crazy part is I know it's coming before I do a thing that I don't want, whether it's an addiction that I've battled, or um, maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm eating clean for a couple months, and then I just start you know, I start kind of eating garbage again, or I'll go. You know, maybe it has to do with my workouts. Whatever, whatever that thing is, whether it has to do with work or relationships, I, for some reason, I resign into like this kind of quit. How can I? How can I put this uh, without really sounding like? I, I just I res, I resign like mentally. I I can tell you the exact moment that I resign. And immediately, my physiology changes. Where I just accept that, mediocre, that medi- mediocrity, and I, I accept this kind of loser's path, if you will, because I'm not afraid of pain. I'm not afraid of work. Um, I've always worked for things that I've achieved. But I, but also, when you choose mediocrity, and when you choose to go down this, you know, something like an addiction that maybe you've been fighting, you just kind of just. You almost you quit you kind of throw your shoulders and your hands up in the air it still hurts right it hurts if you go one way meaning you're fighting to to go the right path but it also hurts when you commit whatever that crime is you know and again it's it can be anything but it still hurts because after you commit the the crime to yourself it's there's that shame right I think I talked about it uh in the previous podcast or two where it's discipline or disappointment. It's the same thing. It, either you you choose pain for with the discipline where you're working out, you're eating, you know, maybe you're skipping cookies and psychologically that may hurt, but um, there's also pain on, on the other side when you accept mediocrity, when you accept to go for that disappointment. And I can tell you without fail, every time, and it's a it's a constant thing. I'm not perfect. I'm not, geez, man, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish I acted on all my, you know, I didn't act on all my impulses because I feel like for every great achievement, I've got like five, you know, five setbacks, Uh, but a lot of it, I own them because I know that I, set those conditions, I'm implicit to the conditions that overcome me. And I just, uh, and it's frustrating, right? Because that, that's my constant battle, right? That's, that's the cross that I bear. I am always trying to move forward. And then as I'm gaining momentum, I, I fall back. And I'm telling you, this is across every spectrum of my life. This isn't just the one thing. This isn't fitness or health. This is relationships. This is work. This is, you know, finances. This is everything, you know. In my head, yeah, go ahead, Paul. It, like
0: the thing you're saying there about that discipline or disappointment, like that's a, that's a real thing for me. Like I've been sitting here thinking with what you're saying, there's a choose your hard. Like you're only there's only hard choices and hard outcomes in front of us. You know, like going for a workout is hard, but then dealing with, you know, a body you're not happy with or a health issue is hard. Having a relationship that that works requires extraordinary communication, which is hard. Or you have the silences and disappointment and so on. Like the, there is only hard options. There's no easy options. And I think we have this fallacy that there's something easy that can come our way or a a trick that we can figure out or some inside bit of info that's going to allow us to have something like an easy path. And I I think that's a massive uh, fallacy that we can live with.
2: So me specifically, it's not like I'm waiting for something easy to come around. Believe it or not, my whole thing is I know that it's going to be short lived, whatever this crime that I'm committing um, against myself and I, I just know that eventually I'll hit rock bottom psychologically. Like I, I'll just tell myself enough, you know, again, this is whether I'm talking nutrition, athletics, relationship stuff. And then I know that I'll, that'll kind of garner the, the, the discipline or the momentum or whatever it is to turn the corner and start moving forward. Right. Um, and because I know that it's not going to be a long-term thing that I know it's going to be kind of short-term, it's almost like an extra excuse to kind of go down this, this path that I've already kind of found myself, that I've already, I've already resigned into. Um, It's, it's tough, man. And again, it's, I own it. I'm very aware that I'm making excuses. And then as soon as I make the excuse I resign into this thing, and then before I know it, um, I'm doing this thing that I, that I told myself I wasn't going to do anymore. You know,
1: Mike? Would you say it's sometimes just, you had a long day or stuff, stuff's going on that maybe you weren't expecting to do whatever and, and it's just comfortable to, to do that just strictly oh it's comfortable and i don't have to exert or go through a lot of stuff and you just kind of let it go
2: yeah in, interestingly enough i've always thought myself to be someone who can adjust to constant change just because you know previous profession military you plan a plan and plan and then you know mike you know well paul you do too as well as anybody else plan for whatever but we know that the minute you make the minute that aircraft takes off, the minute you step off to go on your op or to do your job, everything, there's always constant change. And for some reason that never really bothered me professionally, but in my personal life, it throws me off. I've really been struggling with it the last couple of years. I mean, I'm being completely about as open as I can be right now. It it has been a constant struggle with me um, when something changed, like if I don't wake up at the exact time that I told myself I would be, I suddenly don't, I find that I don't have time to, to do the yoga stretches that I need to do to roll my back out. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I have constant back pain. Um, and it has to do with flying. But you know, just, I've, I've been pretty hard on my body. And that's something I, I live with every day. But it, the longer that I go without doing specific stretches or specific workouts, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it kind of takes an emotional toll. It really does. I'm not open about it. I don't complain about it but if you ever sit, if you ever catch me on an off day I'll guarantee you it started with back it started with some form of you know back pain because I do have early onset arthritis on my part of my spine so uh anyways but again if real quick yeah
1: when I was in Spokane Raff admitted to me he goes he's you know we are sitting there talking he's like dude my back's really bothering me I said why was the problem he's like yours would hurt too if you had to carry this podcast you know <laughs> 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 so Post-military, that's what he's carrying, man. He carries tons of weight. Um, but
2: being 43 and carrying that type
1: of stuff, it's okay, Raf.
2: I appreciate you sharing it, man. So, so basically, the excuse that I make to myself is, or the realization, not an excuse, the realization I've come to is that whenever I put, and this is going to sound crazy because I don't want to contradict what we've talked about, but whenever I put the outside world first before myself, I, could, I only hold so much steam before I completely just I can't, right? And I blow up either on my son or my wife, or I let other things fall off. Um, and then it takes me all to get back to it. So it's it's a balance, man. Um, and the truth is, I just, this is where discipline really counts. Because there are times where I know I need to wake up extra early to fit in the things that I personally need, right? But that's But that's the key, though. I'm very aware that I need to take care of myself in order for myself to be you know, a useful tool or a useful, um, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but you know, the more, the more value I am to, to, to the rest of the world. I mean, because if not, you're just going to run out of steam, you know, it's,
0: it's sort of like self-maintenance, right. And there's a lot of different aspects to that. There can be physical self-maintenance, which you're referring to here, but then it could be mental. It could be getting into books and reading, you know, thought leaders or, expanding your mind in certain ways or spiritual uh development and if you're not taking care of these things we start to become less productive and less effective and less positive on those people around us and it's it's important stuff how would you say in this in this area raf because like I, i get what you're talking about here i know about dirty helicopter pilots and your bad backs like i know that that's a thing right um how are you complicit in creating this in this condition is it is it overcommitting? Because I know you're super busy. Whenever you're home, you always have a massive list of stuff you want to work through.
2: <laughs> so that, that's exactly it. I I come home and I try to do, and I think it's because you know I'm good. I'm gone for a small chunk of time, so when I'm home for about the same amount of time, I try to pack everything in there. I try to be the best father that I can. I be the best father uh, husband that I can. I try to be a great neighbor. Like I literally just whipped up a, a bowl of guacamole and took it down to my neighbors because one of my neighbors asked for it. And I threw that in. the. And This is while I'm actually watching my son making dinner for Aubrey, trying to do some other financial stuff. So I'm trying to crunch numbers and move some stuff around. So it's, it's that realization that sometimes I know that I'm capable of doing it, but really what it comes down to is if I can just, and, I, and, I've, and I've seen this historically, man, my most productive days or when i wake up early i get a good workout in i get a really good stretch in i take a nice bath or i do at least one a couple of those things and then man i'm i'm solid for damn near 24 hours but if i don't get that stuff in i'm i'm just holding on you know i'm st- i'm still making things happen but i'm not i'm not comfortable <laughs> i'm not happy I'm not doing it with a smile if the smile's on it's very short lived but if i could just add one last thing and it's just simple the mantra that I've been kind of telling myself, and this is, there's a lot of truth in this is it's not what, you know, it's what you do. I know what I need to do. I'm, I'm just not doing it. And that's what's, that's honestly to get to the core of it. That that's what bothers me is that I've read enough books. I'm very aware. I've I'm read on, on most of the things that, that I need to read on and I'm not applying them. And that's the frustration. It's not that I don't have a way out. It's just that, and I, and I know any, all you guys listening can, can relate to this. We have the answer. You just have to do it. Find the space, find the time, just do it. It's funny, right? Like, so I don't feel sorry for myself.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, and I get that Like feeling sorry for yourself would be a barrier between you being effective at any point, you know what I mean? It's funny that like, there's effectively no new information right like we all know what we should be eating and what we shouldn't be eating and we all know what sort of stuff we should be doing with our body to exercise and so on you know like you could write a, you know, and there's a new diet book every five minutes i mean you could just literally write eat less exercise more and be done right and that's that's it forever but it's not going to sell another new bestseller but it's not like people we, we don't know those things and yet we sort of come in and out of effectiveness like a sine curve and you have your low times And you have these times when you're just smashing it and you can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. So, so you would say that not doing the thing you know you need to do, that's,
2: oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's, yeah. And that completely changes my physiology. I'm like I said, I just, it's like a switch where, you know, psychologically I've already resigned and then the rest of my body kind of follows and be, and, and you're halfway down that. I'm not going to say the word but that creek and you're just like oh well i guess i'm <laughs> along for the ride and uh yeah it's frustrating because it's very preventable and i'm in and not to get too esoteric but it's you're also you're you're wasting time you know we're we're living on borrowed time and i think that's when i'm alone uh i think that's what frustrates me is that i'm i'm wasting tremendous amounts of time um so I hope that's a wake up call. Obviously, I'm saying it for myself, but I hope anyone who's listening, maybe those are the words you needed to hear.
0: And just just so everyone knows, we're talking about someone who's highly productive. We're talking about an extremely hardworking guy. Whenever whenever um, Mike and I pop in for a call, there's always he's 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 doing something on the land. He's doing something around the house. He's chasing the bean. He's cooking. Like we're not talking about a a dude on the couch surrounded by boxes of last week's pizza.
1: Well, well, most of the time he is, but recently, and instead said the last two months, every time we go to call him, he he declines the call, and he's like, I'm in the "bathroom, don't bother me." So it's awkwardly weird. He's like, every time you call me, I'm in the bathroom. So he's taking a break in between, you know, paving the, paving
2: the property and you know doing all that stuff, which I'm witness to. He does, he does. I don't think, I don't think Podcast Land is ready to hear that you two sickos always call me when I'm on the john. Matt, <laughs> background noise. Uh, Soren learning the ABCs. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Oh, good. Right, good.
0: I really appreciate that, Raf. That's a lot of honesty. You've um, you've opened us up there with some uh, sense of resignation, which leads to a physiological state and a a sense that you're on a mediocre path. You've had you've got your discipline or disappointment. You have a sense sometimes you put the outside world before yourself, and then that leads to a blow up. Um, I was hearing in there an overcommitment. And uh, that you know the morning routine that sets you up for the day, and that sometimes, you, you know, you're not doing the things you need to do. And hands up, everyone in the whole world who does that. Awesome. All right. So, so my my um area where I'm complicit in creating conditions I say I don't want is it's, you know, we don't talk before we start here, but but it's busyness, not business, but just being busy and and overcommitting, and um saying yes to a lot of things not mindlessly but like having an optimistic sense of perhaps an over optimistic sense of total capacity um so putting too many things in the jar and uh like i was hearing a lot of what raf was just saying now like i I go in and out of phase with exercise and um generally tend to eat really well that's probably because i've got chesa is in the engine room in the house and so and she does she does not put packet packaged food really into the shopping trolley. So we we eat really well and healthy food, but in and out of phase with exercise and then in and out of phase of effectiveness. And it's <clears throat> I I know that sense of resignation and uh, that being on a mediocre path. And when commitments are made with thought, like with really like contemplating what the outcomes that I'm aiming for and being clear on what the path is going to be to achieve that and really being clear on that, then I'm I'm highly effective. And it's when I'm overcommitting or I make assumptions around how easy a task is going to be to complete. That's when I get into that state of there's just too many things to get done. And you know, when you're trying to focus on a thousand things, we know that zero, zero of them get any focus at all.
1: Is it is it hard to say no, Melon?
0: <laughs> it's not hard to say no to you, Mike. <laughs> oh man, I just said it right back. That's good. <laughs> yeah, but it's um like you know you have a sense a lot of the time of uh, wanting to be effective and wanting to be the go-to and wanting to be a uh, like a solution generator that when people come to you with stuff and you generate it yourself, you self-commit a lot of the time as well, that you can just put too many things in the jar and and you're not giving each thing the focus that it needs. And so there's that, um, contemplation period at the start. And there's also the whole, I'll get back to you later and being able to say no with like, a free heart and open heart, knowing that that doesn't mean anything about you and it doesn't mean anything about the other person, but like you've really evaluated what your capacity is at that time. Um, You know, so one of the things that Jerry Kalana has is uh, three follow up questions, which is what am I not saying that needs to be said. What am I saying that's not being heard and what's being said that I'm not hearing and so those three things can really help you drill down on this area. Where you're complicit in creating the conditions for the thing you say you don't want, and so like I 'm like I don't want to be busy and yet overcommit so the times that, that really work for me when I'm clear headed and stuff like just time with the kids, like that is always well spent time that you you don't get to do again, and those little those little grubs just suck up all of that love and time, and it really makes a difference for them in the moment. And you see over time that accumulate like momentum. So like sitting on the couch with my son, just watching him play his PlayStation or whatever, like that means a lot to him, you know, or sitting and engaging with Annie about music and letting her tell me all about the newest Queen concert that she's listening to. And, you know, getting in on on their world like that, there's not necessarily an objective that that's in service of, you know, and that's not something that you'd sit and write a list of priorities for your week. And yet those like half hour, one hour periods are just like enriching for the soul and you see the benefit in the kids and the confidence they get and so on. And I know when I'm doing that and when I'm engaging with them, like I feel better about myself and it makes a difference in their little lives. You know, and you see the confidence they have going out into the world when they've had that time with dad and busyness. Like I reckon, it's that this is a thing that I really like. I'm working on. You know, like I know that this is an area that um, it takes it takes constant vigilance. You know, to get in those to go to go and get the the 45 minutes in the gym that you need, and be there for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of where I'm, 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 I'm at is like that whole choose your hard. A lot of the stuff you said really uh, resonated with me, Raph. You know, not doing the thing you know you need to do, and and I reckon if when you have those quiet times, sometimes I can know you deploy, um, you know, time on your own where you're not interrupted, you're not distracted with like social media and the digital stuff. That's when your brain gets into actual thought and contemplation, and I know you journal and. Jordan Peterson talks about thinking occurs when the pen hits the paper, right? And you get clarity in those times and you can figure out what the important things are. And it's like, if you can come back and just maintain those priorities and make sure it doesn't have to be every day and it's never gonna be every minute of every day that you are hitting those high points. And so like, I would say journaling is effective. These, These conversations that we have, like I really get a lot out of these, like I get clarity and like i talk a lot with um with cherry you know in the evening late at night just work through that a lot of that triv like what's the trivia that i'm getting distracted with and trying to find those those key things and, and a lot of the time they don't need a, they don't need a lot of time some of these key things like you know 30 minutes every couple of weeks on the finances can really sort of keep you clear and just having a process sometimes like with the gym or the exercise it can be that you know, you, you're not, your heart's not in it at the moment and you just sort of got to grind out and trust the process for a period. And, uh, you know, leaving, for me, one of them is leaving blank space so that I can just, because the kids will just roll into that space, roll into that time. And that that is all, wet. like, if I just left the podcast right now and went out and sat in the couch with my son, with Michael, I know that he would just love it. And it'd shift my physiology a different way as well. So, a lot, of, a lot of echoing the things you're, you're saying there, Raph, and just like trying to get clear on what, those, what the key end state that you're aiming for. And then it should be more clear on what the pathways you're trying to take. So, you know, hopefully those three questions of what am I saying that's, need, that's what am I not saying that needs to be said, or what am I saying that's not being heard, or what's being said that I'm not hearing? Like, that's <laughs> every husband in the world, right? <laughs> uh that's so true all right so we'll throw it over to mike so mike uh you know it's a tough question how am i complicit in creating the conditions i say i don't want
1: yeah listening to both of you guys honestly like this is a tough question this is pretty tough for me so both of you guys have families and kids and like you said you have your personal time that gets sucked up by your kids and it's not a bad thing all the time right so uh me being here by myself you know i don't I don't have kids or anything. It's just me and my place. And I, I go to work and I do what I got to do. And I come home and, you know, I, I work out and keep busy. I try to do hobbies and travel and, you know, get in what I can. Right. And, uh, but I'll tell you like the hard part for me, man, is I, sometimes I start going with the flow And I feel myself kind of shifting down the lower gear and I'm just kind of like, well, there's nobody here to like, hold me accountable. There's nobody to like jump on my back and kind of ride me a little bit about from being lazy or I'll get to it in five minutes or something like that. And like, I really have to discipline myself even more. So that's one of the things that I really had to work on this year being by myself. Is just kind of, kind of breaking down my, my pride and my ego and expectations for not, not just people around me. Like I try not to have expectations of other people anymore because I can't control them, but more of how to handle my pride, my ego, and expectations of myself. When I'm, when I have space, when I have time, when I have the choice to make things happen, uh, the way I look at doing things is I have to identify what I'm supposed to be doing then I have to process it. And then I, I plan it. All right. And then and then ultimately, you got to have action. The hard part sometimes is it's hard to identify things uh, when I'm by myself. Right. So if I look at a situation, I'm looking at it. And I'm trying to identify what I have to do or what I have to problem is, you know, it comes back to like, you don't know what you don't know. So whether it's financials, whether it's work, whether it's relationship stuff, people not telling you the right thing or they just kind of leave it open-ended and you're like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So, and then you're by yourself and you're kind of like, all right, so I can't identify it. Uh, The process, it kind of feeds right into number one. If I don't know what the task is or what I'm supposed to be doing right now, I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing but I can't be hundred percent is I can't fully get the process, you know, in order of like, hey, I need to do A, B and C or in this order. Um, and it's kind of like the the planning part with it too. Is I can't process it, therefore I can't plan for it, and then ultimately is just like the action is going to be. I'm probably going to miss my target, you know, because I'm not doing what I have to do. So that's kind of how I break that down as, as far as that goes. Um, finding disciplines and kind of, you know, listening back to mantras and always build something is always good. You know, if I come home and I got six, seven hours to myself and, you know, especially with COVID, it's kind of like things I want to do or have to do, I can't really do that the way I need to. So you got to go back to the drawing board. So trying to figure out how to get along and, and, and work in that type of environment is a challenge of itself. But I can still go back to that that base of identify process, plan and action. And I need to ask more questions. If I need help, I need to ask for help. I need to reach out and talk to other people or on whatever the topic is. And I just can't, kind of like Raf said, I, I can't, I hate sitting still cause I did, I have before I got comfortable. I just kind of went with the flow. I dealt with what other people would say to me, would, how they would treat me and everything. And I just kind of let it go just because I was just like, look, I already got enough going on. I don't want to deal with it. So just do whatever you want. And I just let it go because it was, it was annoying, but I didn't want to waste my energy on it anymore. I was just like, this does not matter to me. And I need to focus on where I need to. And like you said, Melon, kind of saying no in a healthy way. And then, regardless of the response, I can't control that either. But hey, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm sorry, I'm not doing this because look, I need to focus on myself. I need to focus on my relationship, my happiness, my spirit, whatever. Uh, and then, kind of wrapping back to that, you know, it goes back to the initial question is being complicit, creating conditions. And I think. I don't want to find myself doing something just to do it regardless of the outcome, just because I said, well, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to do it. And, and I just let it go and don't really, I don't know. It, that's the right way of saying does that. Does that make sense? You guys what I'm getting that.
0: Yeah. For, like I, for me, I reckon a lot of that can, being complicit in a lot of this stuff is where we can go along with how other people want us to be or we can go along with um you know being like being nice or just falling falling with uh the momentum in a situation even though it's not necessarily us being our true selves and then you end up in a position where you're like this doesn't work for me now, you know, like I've put myself into a position and I've contributed to this in a way by not being able to be stand up for yourself in a, as you said before, in a healthy way and just being clear in the outset, you know, that there's going to be a lot of peer pressure from family and friends and colleagues and so on. And
1: yeah, so exactly when he said that, I kind of translated on I, I I'm a big person about correlating and setting the scene, but it's kind of like, you have a loved one, and you know, they've been drinking and they're in the car. And they're, they're driving and they're like, hey, man, come on, I need you to go with me. I'm in the dumps. And you're kind of like, uh, I know I shouldn't. But I, I care. And I'm like, okay, and I'm gonna get in the car with you anyway. And as soon as you get in the car and the door shuts, and they, they take off, you're like, this isn't good. Like, I just let this happen. And you feel you feel kind of negative of like, you could have done something different, or you could have said no. And it's that it's a feeling of regret of knowing that I know I just did the wrong thing. And then how do you move on from there? You know, how do you deal with that regret? Do you just bottle up and say, well, I know I was wrong, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to move on. Like everything's fine and go about my life, but inside it's tearing you up. Right. I've had many of those moments. It's just churning in there and you're like, Oh, I know I'm
0: going to like in nearly all of these situations, it's like that a lot of the answer is like bringing your authentic self to these situations, and that people might on the surface want you to be a certain way, but when you bring like all of yourself and you're authentic with them and you have your integrity, that's the person that they want that's the per, that's the reason you're in their life, and that you you're going along with that sort of slightly easy um you know the easy wrong thing to do. Which it's not even necessarily wrong, right? It's just you you can go along with them without really bringing yourself. Like they they want what they really want underneath. What they really need from you is for you to to be that that person that you are. Like you know that in that example, that that friend really needs you to freaking take the keys out of their hand and go and sit with them somewhere and eventually call an Uber.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's a, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. There's uh, yeah, it, it's one of the, again, one of those things that I've really worked on because I see it all the time. It's just the little bit of pressure or something and you hear it all the time. is just, Oh, well, or okay, this is how it is, or, you know, whatever. And it's just, wow. And I just always look at them like, wow, you gave up that easy you know, like I don't like quitting at anything. I, I, I put my heart and soul into everything that I that I commit to, you know, and, and if I fail, I usually fail pretty miserably. But when I just hear the instant just like, yeah, whatever, go with the flow or eh, I don't care. I just I always look at the person like, really? Are you are you quitting that fast? Like you don't even want to put any type of work and they're just like, no, nah, doesn't bother me. It doesn't really care, you know, and then they just accept like you said, mediocrity. And, and I try not to surround myself with those people anymore if I, if I can help it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just all too common in society.
0: One of the things like when people come to you for advice, in, in a lot of instances, they just want you to tell them what they're doing now is great. Despite the fact that the results that they're achieving, uh, they're not happy with. Like a really easy one is like someone in the gym asks you to help them with a program or whatever. What they really want is you to go in there and go, that's unreal. You're like You just do that and you're going to be freaking Olympic level in like five days. Whereas you might need to say, you're going to have to drop that weight to an empty bar and we're going to have to start at the very beginning because everything you do in there is terrible and you're going to end up with a back like T.O. Raph if you freaking keep squatting like that, buddy. <laughs>
2: yeah, no kidding. But But
0: like... <laughs> you know, and if you really sit and think like what is actually best for this person and then give that to them, like that, that can be a really hard conversation. And that they're the conversations we often shy away from, you know, when someone's coming to you and they're like, I'd like your advice. Like if you read, they just want you to say, do what you're doing now. And yet you know that they're unhappy and they know they, they have some sense that they're unhappy, but you know, but it takes it takes a lot to be really authentic with someone, and to be like, well, actually, I really think that the outcome that is going to be best for you really is going to take a whole shift here, and then to go through that with them.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I like that you said that because. When people do ask you and, and come up to you and they're, they're looking to set a condition, right? So they're trying to create something, a reaction ultimately from, from you when they come up to you and say, hey, is what I'm doing right? Or is this, that, whatever? And they're looking for affirmation. like They already know the answer, but they need to hear it from somebody else. But like Raf said, he's like, I don't, I don't need to ask anybody else. I've I've learned enough. I've read enough. I've I've had experiences. I already know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm guilty of it too, man. Like this year I've probably called more people being like, am I, am I messed up? Am I wrong? Dude, I I can't even sleep tonight, you know, whatever. And I just need to talk and just get affirmation in here that what I'm feeling is okay. Even though I already knew that like, I'm just hurting, I'm in pain, but I, you know, I'm going to be okay. It was just that comfort thing. I, I guess and I know I appreciated it much much more when you know you, you 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 two and a couple other guys like Pat and everybody else were just like hey man here's the real deal straight up and it it wasn't always easy to hear but it's what I needed to hear because that was the real answer you know and I needed to hear that so yeah it's it's really it's interesting. a load of
0: I'll, like I call what you're doing there, like going around and getting agreement, you're just getting agreement that the situation you're in is terrible and that all these other people are at fault and yep, it doesn't help anyone. No, it doesn't. It doesn't lead to an outcome. You know, and that that going along uh, piece, like, and and then this is that you know what's being said that I'm not hearing or what what am I not saying that needs to be said can can really come up, and. There's some other really good stuff in there about like having accountability holders as like, sometimes we do need those affirmations and those people who like pat us on the back and tell us, we're okay, and that is really important, right? But there are other times like exercise is an easy one, right? Like letting you guys know that I'm, I've got like 15 days left in the month to hit that squat that I told you guys I was going to hit, right? Yeah. And so, so you you guys are really good for me because you hold me accountable. Even this conversation we have once a week is real a real accountability thing, right? Like and it's easy to let things get in the way. And yet like being uh, the opposite of this, like so not being complicit in creating a condition you don't want, like being an accountability holder for someone or finding other people and creating them as accountability holders, there's real power in that. You know, and like you've done that with us, Mike, you know, things you've told Raph and I that you were going to do, you've done, you know, the hard conversations and things that you have put in your life that have not been easy.
1: No, not at all. They've been some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So,
2: yeah, you know, and just listen to both of you guys talk. I feel like the ultimate kryptonite to being complacent or sorry, being complicit um, to creating that atmosphere that that space that you don't want to be in is um is just having a clear and exact picture or an idea or or a written statement of what it is that you're trying to do because if it's clear because kind of going back to what mel and i were talking about when we get really really busy it's almost like everything becomes blurry because there's just so much going on you know it's um you just you're, you're focusing enough just to get the task or whatever it is and get, keep it moving, keep, keep that wheel rolling down, down the road, but you're not really focused at the end state. Right. So it's not very precise, not very exact. And that's when I start to, that's when I notice that I start to kind of backslide a bit. And then I find myself, you know, being, um, yeah, just kind of fall into the, that state that I, that I don't like being in, whether it's, you know, across the genre of my life. So I think that that's, and it's just, this is, I'm thinking out loud now. And it's just something that, um, is really helpful if you just have a very exact image of what it is that you're trying to accomplish with whatever aspect of your life you're talking about i I mean that that already is like 90 percent right because now it's a very it's a very exact picture you know what you're aiming for there's no well i'm gonna work out today okay well what exactly are you are are you working out you know is it going to be metcon is it going to be strength is it cardio you know like you have to check in with your body. How's it feel? Maybe the back's not so great. Okay. But maybe the shoulders are great. So maybe you can do some some con shoulder stuff. I mean, I don't know. Just the point is you can get very get down very specific. There's um
0: what what you've just said there, Raf, is really uh good. There's a, a statements around to sin. The root word for that is an old Greek word and it means to miss your aim. And that can take a lot of the the wrong the wrongness out of the sense of um, sinning and the the first part of it is if 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 you miss your target if you miss your aim the first thing is not having an aim or not having a target if you don't have something you're aiming at there's a guaranteed 100 you're not going to hit it and then you're going to have to go about acquiring the skills and resources and so on to be able to you know get your life pointing at that thing and you know learn mastery of the archery if you want to think of that metaphor and then fire the arrow and get better at Improving uh, how how closely you can hit the target you're aiming at, but like step one you have just described, I think that covers a huge amount of that sense of like floundering around and that resignation and mediocrity is not really being clear on on the target you're going for. And we all have things that we would love to have in our lives, and it can become a real joyful, creative thing with your your close people in your life to talk about those. And, and create something that means uh, something to you. And you can then set out and acquire resources and skills and capacities about how to, how to bring that to being. Like I know, I know in these conversations, Mike, it really touches me a lot how you talk about wanting to be a father, like that really resonates with me. And that's a really, it's a very intimate thing to share, you know, and I'm just so certain that you're gonna be amazing at it because you think about it a lot already. You know, and I see, I see the videos of you with the bean, and I'm like, this guy's freaking he's there.
1: Yeah, we warmed up for, to each other pretty well. I walked upstairs, and he looked at me, and kind of gave me that. He does this Sorn look. Okay, we called the Sorn, and he like tucks yeah. him, his top lip to his nose and just looks at you, just dirty, just dirty. <laughs> like, I looked at him. I was like, what kind of look is that he's giving? I was like, Raffy doesn't like me, you know. But then throughout the, the six days that I was there, I mean, we warmed up and then he was running over to me and I was picking him up and, you know, wrestling with him and chasing him around the house with the little tongs from the kitchen, you know, <laughs> and he's just running it. And I just loved it, man. It was so great. And then honestly, just watching Raph, I mean, he would like, you know, he'd slam him on the bed and pin him and stuff and Soren like look at him and he'd laugh and then he'd just get up and instead of like, wrestling he just run over and hug and hug rats like snuggle with him he's like oh you know and it, man how can't you look forward to that I, it blows my mind
0: yeah for the listeners you guys i i get the videos from these i get the videos from these guys and i'm, I'm the freaking lucky one i absolutely love it seeing this little guy with uh uncle mike doing the wwe pre-warm-up stuff <laughs> so uh we know that you guys are uh You know, we really appreciate the time you guys come and spend with us. So to recap on how am I complicit in creating the conditions I don't want? There's a sense of resignation uh, leading to a physiological state and a mediocre path from Raph with the disappointment versus discipline, overcommitment and not doing the things that he he knows he needs to do. For uh, me, it was, you know, choose your hard, the busyness, trust the process even when you don't feel it. Clarify your thoughts, either in conversations or journaling. Leave space for uh, beautiful moments to arise, like, you know, have time with the people, just book time with people. Say no with an open heart in a healthy way. With Mike, there was, you can slide down when he doesn't have an accountability holder being on his own, that there's a different challenge for him. Letting go of expectations. And then the routine, the identified task, organize a process, plan, and then action and uh, a piece around finding discipline inside covid and and one of his one of his bits that he mentioned that i really liked was asking for help and we probably all talked near the end there about uh failing to aim is is a guaranteed miss and so whether it's journaling or time with friends or loved ones you can clarify those uh the big things that you want to have in your life and uh hopefully hopefully you're then able to then organize things to go and follow that little four-step process of Mike to manifest them in your lives. So a tough question from a, an absolute thought leader, Jerry Kalana. Uh, hopefully we're helping you guys in some small way. We've had some great feedback and uh, emails and we really appreciate all of those. You want to send them to us. It's not your average Mike 77, not your average Ralph and not your average Paul at gmail.com. Uh, we love a review and it helps with all of the algorithms to keep uh, Pushing our little podcast up to the top of the heap, and uh, from from us to you, uh, Merry Christmas, Seasons greetings. I hope you guys all get time with uh, with loved ones, whether it's physically together or whether it's digital, which is what I'll be doing with my family in Australia. I hope you all get to share some love this festive season. All the best.